But here, on the very rim of known space, justice is a long way away. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Spaz. If you give a cat the skill cat-like reflexes, wouldn't that just be reflexes? Uh, <laughs> I love... I I I, I, I just can't. like the I like the name yeah. I like the name. Yeah. Like no, yeah, I, I can't. I not, we can't knock you for it. It's great. You have a cat in there. You got to give them the ability of cat-like reflexes, uh, and I, also a claw weapon and a meow noise when they die. So great. Uh, also joining us is your co-host Julie. Hello from the Great North, where the sun is bright and the lawns are brown. <laughs> not enough. Not enough rainfall this year. We know what that's like over here in California. Uh, also joining us is your co-host, Thorsten. Hello from a parallel universe. I just don't know what. <laughs> your, co-host, your co-host, Jacob. Starting as every GRPG, good GRPG does, on fire. <laughs> and your co-host, David. <laughs> Primer objective achieved. System switched to normal mode. Uh, friends, we have a guest this week joining us from up in Washington State, uh, Doug from, oh God, okay, Psychronic. Psychronic. Thank you. Psychronic Psy- Games. Psychronic. Oh, my brain. To talk about uh, a game we streamed a couple times and we all really enjoyed, Starshift Origins and the other games in the uh, series that are, are following Starshift Origins. Uh, uh, rebellion, and then oh, what's the third one? Rebellion. We, and- we, we got rebellion. Then we got freelancers. Then we got legacy. Oh wait, there's a, there's a fourth one. Oh, I didn't know about the yeah, fourth. It, yeah, there, there, there's a fourth one because I, a person who was a big fan of my game was like, I want to make an episode uh, in your universe, and I was like, okay, yeah, here's my project file, and uh, he's making one. So that's wow. <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, wow. You, like, I, I don't you know, expect that, but makes you sense. Know, you know what? Back in the heyday of Star Trek in the 90s, they took uh, user submissions for scripts. And a lot of those scripts that were taken, the people that were hired, eventually became writers on the show and and directors and whatnot. So there is a sort of a precedent for this sort of thing. Um, yeah. so, so that's, that's really exciting actually that, that someone was excited enough about the universe you're creating that they wanted to build a part of it. That's pretty yeah, awesome. I, just, I do have to polish it up a little bit, meaning like the story was good, but he, he, he's not as good at like the making. Whoa. Uh, lost your audio for a moment there. Doug, come uh, in, Doug, come on. Oh God. Uh, what, what, what was that? Sorry, was that? Did I get cut off? Yeah, you did yes. get cut off. Yes. You did get cut off. You, you said the writing was good, but. Oh, I said, oh, I said the writing is good, but I'm going to have to help polish up the graphics and stuff like that. And some of the gameplay stuff. Um, but the story is the part that takes the longest when, you know, making any game like this for, if you're trying to tell a story, like thinking about something that's interesting and what comes next. So um, he's got that down. No problem for freelancers. But as far as the ones I'm working on right now, I'm working on Starshift Rebellion. Um, uh Star, Starshift Origins, the one that you guys have played, this game was just the beginning. Now, it's kind of interesting how this game got built. Um, it was only this one only took three months for for me to wait, make it. Be- wait, what? <laughs> three months? What? Yeah, because because I, I want to kind of explain that that um, Legacy is the big game, the game is that I started working on a few years ago. That's not done yet. And that game is a lot bigger, meaning like it has, you know, you have, you'll have like a base of operations, you'll have like morality choices, kind of like Fallout situation where you can make like different decisions and help different factions, which um, affects the overall ending um, at the end. Like there will be multiple endings and stuff like that. But yes, wow. But uh, Origins is a prologue game. And um, it was it, it was made because I got approached by a publisher who kind of was like, we, well, we want to publish your, your game Starshift. And I said, well, I don't know if I feel comfortable publishing my main game, but I, we can we do a trial run? Maybe you can publish an, like a prologue game or something. And that 
was Origins. So I had to kind of I had to kind of really tighten it up and 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 sacrifice a bit to get it done. It's kind of linear. It's kind of railroaded in the story because it was meant to be a prologue to a larger game. I don't want to go through a publisher again for my larger game, but I learned a lot through this process, and um, I had, you know, I had a game to show for it. Didn't make much money from it or anything, but uh, I, it, it, it taught me a lot about the game industry and working with publishers. Um, but uh, now with Rebellion, the one I'm working on now, I've taken a little more time on it. I've been working on it for about a year and a half, and um, it's definitely upped the quality on the story and, and the graphics and everything um, to to tell the next it's basically a second prologue so the main game is going to be where by the time you start the main game you you don't have to play the previous games to enjoy it but but there's a lot of there's a large cast of characters it's an ensemble cast so including the villains and so you'll just know more about them because they're all going to come converge together for like you know the big showdown in the at the end of the main game and so knowing who the, who all these factions are how they relate and then at the end giving the player the choice to to kind of make things go one way or another and and uh you know offer that re- replayability but um yeah Sorry, I don't want to ramble on. If no, there's, <laughs> it's it's a podcast it's, about it's, your it's, games. It's your it, you, <laughs> yeah, it's, go ahead. You're allowed to hog the airtime somewhat, <laughs> hey, sir. Uh, hey, we're I talking about you your for stuff. One thing. <laughs> I will commend you for one thing, like because I've heard, um, because I've heard like a whole thing, like I heard you. Go, oh, I'm gonna make this big Fallout like game with moral choices and so on. And so forth. I appreciate you making the simpler game first to see if you can do it. Because I see so many people g- say they're going to make the bestest game of all time, spend 17 years on it, get burnt out, and never amount to anything. Right, and and that was that was part of the methodology too. Because I was it was taking a long time to get things done, and I mean I have to make a lot. I have to make a lot of maps. I have to make a lot of um, a, a lot of um. Sorry, I don't know why my thing keeps cutting out. Um. You know, I have to make a lot of maps. I have to make a lot of graphics. I have to do a lot of writing. Um, I have to. So, can I actually get it done? And and when I was working on my original project, it, I thought it was a little. It was it was getting a little too ambitious, where I didn't know if I could get it done. And is it going to take me ten years to make this game? So the idea of these episodes that I'm making now: Origins is an episode, Rebellions an episode, Freelancers is an episode. And the, it's basically like a normal RPG telling a specific story, but in the in the meantime, these are real places you can go to in the larger game. So I can build a whole civilization and have kind of a localized story for that civilization or that story in the game, that faction, and then and then in the main game they will actually converge at some point, and I'll be able to actually copy a lot of my maps from the previous episodes I've made and make this a bigger universe in the larger game. And meanwhile, I'm developing different skills for the characters. I'm developing different features of the game that w- they'll all be in the main game, but it, building up so so that way I can release something every once in a while at least that's a standalone thing on its own but then actually it's still it's still going toward the development of the main game which is a technique i'm calling double development at once because i can actually <laughs> move move this over to the bigger project after making a, a more refined project that will actually get done within a within a year for each one or you know whatever so well i have to say it's i think i think it's a smart strategy because you already have fans of the, of of what you're building like someone's making freelancers so doing this kind of episodically allows you to slowly build an audience for what's going to be i guess your crescendo um, yeah yep exactly and and i i don't you don't see that very often you see people like working on their one game and make their one game and then they move on to something else you don't see typically an episodic thing like this. And and I have to say, I think it's a very clever thing um, because it builds hype. It builds longevity it, it, and it builds your fan base. So I, I, I gotta say, I think it's, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Another thing, uh, because uh, the algorithm of steam actually pushes games more. If, if, if a publisher already has published a game, 
Really? Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, that makes sense, but uh, I didn't know. I didn't know that either. That's cool. <laughs> um, oh, but, the, but, the, but the but the point is, and is that I'm I'm thinking long term here, and I'm thinking of I'm thinking of you know something like a Star Trek. Like I'm trying to create a nice iconic franchise with really good stories to tell, and of course, I could totally improve much further. And I think that if I had as it gets bigger, a team a team might form, and we can tell even better stories or better gameplay, right? But I'm trying to actually, I'm actually trying to um, uh, build something that will stand the test of time. Money is only kind of a secondary motivator. It's so so like if I had to build a game specifically for, I'm trying to make as much money as possible making a game. I would have to make a completely different type of game than what I've made here. Um, <laughs> I, 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 no, but you know how there's some games that they, they might have not even like sold that well when they came out or or whatever, but then for some reason people are still talking about them 10, 15, 20 years later and go back to them and, and mention them and it's remembered because it was good, you know, like, like logically a good game. Uh, you know, I'm kind of going for something more like that. Um, the you know at the end of the day I want more people to play the game um, if they enjoy these kind of games and not every, it's not everybody's cup of tea either I, I admit that but um, uh, I I will say that the actual game you know because the motivation for me to make this game was kind of like um, you know when I was a kid I was really into like those RPGs like Final Fantasy and stuff like that but um, I, I kind of like some of the more obscure ones like Sukaden, for example. I don't know if anyone here is familiar with the Sukaden series. Yeah, but Sukaden 2 is my was like one of my favorite games. And in that game, you have the tactical battles for like the armies. The, the idea is that you have to form a rebel force. And there's a story with all the characters, and the, and there's 108 playable characters in those games, and oh my god, and 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 large and large parties too. So, so six character parties. I have seven character parties in my game, but my my point is is that a lot of the gameplay for my game is based on the Suikoden series, um, but not the Ooh. setting because uh, the setting for that series is kind of like ancient, like few you know hundreds of years ago, like that kind of thing, but. The idea is that it, the you have a base of operations, you have your military, and you have your 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 characters and their story. So when I was making Legacy, which is the bigger game that I'm referring to, I have a lot of playable characters in that game too, probably like 40 or 50 playable characters so far. Um, but I noticed that as I was going along with it, the writing was starting to get a little flat for all these characters because there's too many people to manage, too many personalities to manage. So. So the idea of these episodes is to kind of like f- fill in the backstory of some of these characters that and give them a little bit of dimension. So by the time they converge in the bigger game with the larger cast, like you, you the player, if they like this series, they might they might know who all these people are and like, yeah, this is crazy. This story is crazy in a good way, you know. And that's kind of what I'm going for. Question here about all these characters. Um, have you will you ever make um, your characters like um, comment on stuff like uh, you will may see in the Mass Effect games? Uh, you, what, you, what do you mean? Like they like they'll actually chime in when, when certain things are happening, depending on yeah. their character. Yeah. yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah, and then. Um, you know, like in the main game Legacy, the the, the leader or, or there's like there's a skill tree called leader. And, and that's for like the main player, of course, the first character they pick in the beginning. And there's different skills like um, diplomacy or like like or extreme charisma, you know, and stuff like that, that um, will affect the outcome as far as like an interaction with any of these characters that may or may not join you or they may or may not work with you, depending on what what decisions you've made and stuff like that. That's great. Love to hear it. I've I've never heard of the Sukaden series myself, but I see that. Oh, it's a, it's not all of them are are the you know like not I I, I just really liked Sukaden too. So I liked one, two, and five. I didn't really like three or four that much, but uh, the second one especially it tell it just tells a really good story. You know, you're a small you're you're a youth brigade person. You're like very young person who's in the military. 
and you uncover a plot that your own nation false flagged itself and you were like the cannon fodder for it doing that but you escape and then and then um you uh, you're on the run and then you have to form a rebel army and take your take your nation back and and uh, there's army battles you get a castle and you we, people you talk to along the way join your castle and it makes your movement get stronger and stuff and and uh, it's a really good story yeah so oh, yeah i see there's a re-release of the first two games it looks like it's on steam and switch Yep, uh, and uh, it's I would highly recommend for anybody who likes those kind of games for sure. Well, I like your game, so that's why. I'm yeah, well, no. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you do. Yeah, um, the uh, yeah. Sorry, my my little button that I press for push to talk is kind of jacked up. Maybe I can change it to normal voice. One sec. No worries. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll mention for you, Brian, that uh, uh, while he's doing that. Uh, the Suikoden games are a sort of dead series at this point because some of the later entries kind of flopped. Oh. And and uh, there is a another game that's related to the Suikoden series because they, the developers who are working on that had collected a bunch of the people who had worked on the Suikoden games before. And that's uh, Ayuden Chronicle. Yep. I'm looking forward to that one. It looks cool. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm also very much looking forward to that. Can you link that in the chat, please? Yeah, I will. Yeah, uh, I, I wish listed the remaster of Sukadem One or Two on Switch. I mean, on on Steam. Because um, yeah, I I'm I'm usually not big into JRPGs, but I have to admit, yours plays Starship Origin plays really quickly, which. Is great. Yes, it's very efficient. It's very fast. Uh, doesn't. I don't feel like it's wasting my time. Thank you, uh, Spaz. Yeah, um, that's intentional. So I, I wanted the the combat system to be because like I that's one of the things that I don't like about JRPGs either. I like the genre overall, like, but I don't I haven't really liked one in m- more recent years. Uh, but the the um. Sometimes the battles are really grindy, and you have to, and they take forever for like normal enemies to defeat them, and it just feels boring. Um, I I wanted to have a lot of options for the player, as well as um, a fast system, quick to kill, quick to die. Meaning, if you're not paying attention, they can kill you pretty quickly. If you're paying attention, you can kill them pretty quickly. Um, and, uh, and not too many fights, but not, not nothing either. You know, it's, it's a balance, uh, but, um, I'm just making a game to my preferences. Like, so, so uh, the type of game that I wish I could have played when I was younger, but I never saw it. So I, cause especially the sci-fi setting, cause there's not a lot of sci there's not a lot of JRPGs in a sci-fi setting. Like the vast majority of them are, are really, um, like, like medieval setting or high fantasy setting. And yeah, there's um, Xeno Gears, there's Fantasy Star, kind of, and that's it. it, it yeah. yeah, and there's Star Ocean, Ocean but, kind of. But, but, a lot, <laughs> but a lot of times there's a lot of fantasy elements like intertwined within. I wanted to go for more. It's, it's you know, Starship isn't necessarily a quote unquote hard sci fi, it's not, but like. Uh, I want. I wanted to go with something more akin to like a Star Trek vibe rather than a like, and the swords. I see. I tried to come up with like. I tried to come up with like excuses for why they would make sense because it's just more fun to have more weapons. But like, the sword has a personal teleporter on it, so suddenly like swords became viable. When previously, why you why would you have a sword when you would always have a gun? You know that. Which kind is of very thing. silly, but I love it. Yeah, <laughs> man, I love yeah, it. I, I have to admit, I love it. It's like, why would you have? A, oh, that's why. Because you materialize right in front of your target. Zip, zip, zip. And then beam out. Yeah. It's great. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just got that. A, 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 how do you say it? Euden Chronicle? Euden Chronicles? Euden. Euden. Yeah. The, Euden. The, the, the Rising game is uh, for sale on Switch right now. So I just picked that up. And that's made by a completely different um, um, group, uh, that one. The, oh. It's like kind of, it's meant to tell a little bit backstory that the gameplay isn't going to be the same as the, as the actual game. But it, but it is there, yeah. Just okay. It's not in the same world. 
It's yeah. yeah, it's it's related, but uh, it's not this. It's not the core uh, group that it's the it's not the core group that's making the main game that made that game. So it's like different g- gameplay and stuff. Oh, so okay. just just uh, just FYI. Oh, thank you. I'll still check it out because you know I like. Yeah. I, and I also like supporting good good games. You know what I mean? And if I can afford, yeah, it, me too. So, uh, so you say you made this game in three months. Yes, because uh, I because I, I copied over my project file from Legacy, and then I that's incomplete, of course, and then I just kind of toned it down to to tell this this you know uh, prologue story. So so this game, if you play it pretty quickly, you can beat this game in about seven hours. So it's not actually a super long game, seven to nine hours. You can use. More like yeah, for me, if I rush through it, because I know exactly what to do, it takes me like five hours. Um, but most most people have been like seven ish, and it was meant to be a prologue. So this the idea was that this was going to be a free game for, for the the publisher, but the publisher was like, okay, you added too much gameplay for uh, it being a free game, so we put like a six dollar price tag on it or something like that, which is very um, reasonable. Which is a very reasonable <laughs> price, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But um, what I'm what I'm planning to do is is in November my contract is up with the publisher, and I'm actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of make the first game Origins a free game, and then that's why I'm also localizing right now. So I'm I, I was I'm able I pretty much have translated this game into six other languages now, um, and I mm. have that I have the mechanical aspect of that done. Like not the actual translations themselves, but the but the um like. Oh, if somebody picks English and loads the game, or, and then saves the game in Japanese, and then loads it in Chinese, and then saves it in Russian, will it break the game or will it work? So I gotten that part done. Yeah. I'm planning on making making. Uh, so I have to speak to some native speakers to get them to do proofreading, and and we, we I have people for some of the languages so far. And by by so I want to release that as a free game. So so international audience for the most part will have a cho- different choices of language, and th- and this will be the landing pad. Origins is the landing pad. But then um, when I release subsequent games, I'm thinking release them for, with for a modest price as well. And then after a, 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 a year or two, you make it a free game as well. But the the um. Hmm. The, the the yeah so so because uh, my goal here is to get is to turn it into like a nice iconic franchise like Star Trek or something so that but for a game series so, th- so that's what so uh, that's why like I'm 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 just kind of laying the groundwork for that and, and my idea on the uh, marketing has always been really tough and and I think yeah. that a lot of developers struggle with that oh, yeah. but my long term but my long term strategy is just make sure that you what you produce is decent or it's a good game or it's fun. Or tells a good story, and and eventually, if you keep doing that, that then eventually the dam will break, where somebody will be like, "Hey, I they've made like four or five games. I can't believe I've never heard of this before." And then they play it and enjoy it, and then tell their friends and stuff. So that's what I'm trying to do. I don't, you know, we'll see. We'll see if if it works, but that's what I'm going for. Right. Quick question, actually. Uh, you're so you're localizing the game. What languages do you have going so far? So, so the first batch is going to be, you know, obviously English because that's the language it's already in. Um, Spanish, uh, traditional Chinese, uh, simplified Chinese, Japanese, and Russian. Ah. Okay. Um, but uh, I can add more, I can add more later. Um, I'm just basically prioritizing markets that maybe don't by default they get, don't speak. Get full the English. big ones, then the smaller ones. Good. Y- y- yeah, yeah, and a lot of and sorry, Europe, but most of you speak English. It seems like so. It's like okay. <laughs> well, um, I feel targeted now. Thank you. What <laughs> <laughs> I was going to I was going to say our three year. Our three Europeans on the on the on the cast. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I feel I feel uh, no. Actually, most Europeans don't speak English. It's why I have a job. <laughs> right. Um, uh, but, yes. But, to clarify, I am I'm from Poland. I work in lo- and I'm studying and working in localization. So on the off chance you're looking for that market, I'm available. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I'm I'm cool to add as many as I can get away with. I mean, uh, sometimes I'm I'm dealing with the limitations of the RPG Maker engine, which 
Um, I, you know, I, I, as this goes on, I mean, I'm really bad with fonts. I know. Yeah. yeah, Well, no, there's workarounds for that. Um, but the, but no, it just gets like where that's kind of why I had to break this up into some episodes too, because with, with legacy, you know, I'm going to run into like the map limit. Like, so there's map limits, like, okay, you can only have 2000 maps or a thousand maps. And I'm like, Oh, I have 890 maps. Okay. Um, stuff like that. And so I might eventually have to move on to a more robust engine to make the next one if I keep making these. And, um, but I've been on RPG Maker for a long time since the early 2000s. And, um, I never, I mean, this is the, this is the first game that I, that I've actually stuck with it and been serious to get it done kind of thing. I have a lot of previous projects that were half completed or whatever, but, um, yeah. Basically, I I just told myself, hey, I'll work. I can at least work on this every Saturday. And that's when I started getting stuff done instead of like, I'll get to it when I feel like it, which would end up just taking longer and longer to get things done. So uh, now I work on it every Saturday and I stream it live, too. So if anybody wants to see the game, a game made from start start to finish, I stream every Saturday. So I just like literally work on my game for eight hours in a row or whatever. Put a link to where do you stream? Put a link to your uh, thing in uh, the yeah, chat. To, yeah. Okay. One one sec. Because um, we should we should tell people about that because because I I I don't get to watch a lot of other streams, but I do enjoy watching developers when they're actually building their game on stream. I find that fascinating because I'm not a programmer, so watching people right. program on stream is like, wow, I feel dumb, but they're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um what one sec uh, where do i put where, where do i put it? uh there's a the, there's the, a stream there's a stream chat uh near the bottom um oh there it is okay yeah there's yeah. a stream chat thing you put it in there all right so right. so um that's an example of my you know when i was working on my yeah but uh, that's my channel so it's it's a uh, anybody who wants to check it out from i have my dev logs and pretty much from start to finish I'm trying uh-huh. to get. I'm trying there's to get a link. Also, I'm trying to get a link to the actual channel. There it is. Uh, oh yeah. There's, there's yeah. also an, an, an interesting question in, in the chat. Ah, uh, thank you. Oh what? Oh what? What are the? Oh, okay. Any thoughts, plans on the world IP to be licensable to cross into other games? Hey, uh, I'm I'm actually really open to that. I'm I'm not. You know, I'm actually kind of I'm kind of in the minority here as far as my opinion about this issue with like the. The copyright thing, but I, I I actually am pretty open source with my games. Like so, like if it's a, other people have like tried to make stuff in my game with I I do that. You know, I give out my assets for free. I have uh, I I uh, anybody who wants to make something that uses my stuff, I'm fine with it. You just go for it. But if you want to work together for some kind of official collaboration to where there would be a mutual benefit to doing so, then then I'm open to that as well. If some because again, sometimes people just want to use your stuff, and they're and I'm like, whatever, have at it. Sometimes people are serious and they actually want it to be a mutually beneficial thing where you release something together. That's, that's cool. You know, uh, that's cool too. Um, I'm pretty open to whatever. I'm, I'm not possessive over my IP really. Let it be free basically is where I'm at. Especially All if you right. want to, ha- especially if you want to have the legs of Star Trek. Yeah. It, well, yeah, but the part, but the part that, the part that bothers me if somebody does use my stuff is, is if the quality is low. So like if they, <laughs> If they use it and then they make like a really like like a really janky and like and like low quality version of it, then I'm like, oh, man, you got to, you know, before I want put my before I put my name on this, uh, you, you, we need to bring this up to a better standard before I'm willing do whatever, to do, that. do whatever you want. But whatever you do, don't make it garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yes, yeah. Exa- exactly. Yes. <laughs> So this is RPG Maker. So uh, how difficult was it to make these uh, mainly two different uh, kind of combat sequences with this uh, well, uh, uh, it's, normal JRPG uh, jumpy jumpy and then the tactical or what have you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I can tell you that I can tell you that it's like it's it's like threading a delicate needle and 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 a lot <laughs> a lot can go wrong. So for example, the plugin I'm using for the tactical battle system is called letbs it's the best one i found but it unfortunately was never completed so um 
I run into it's so like the tactical battle system, I'd actually like for it to be better than it is and more tactical than it is. But the plug in is delicate. So if I it's like if you if the wind blows the wrong way, you either get massive lag or you get some kind of weird crash. And I've kind of narrowed it down to, to, to OK, I can do this without it crashing or lagging. It's and, fiddly. Uh, it, it's very. Fiddly. Nope. Apparently it's so fiddly it broke your microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, come back, Doug. Doug, you okay? Man, it might be connection issues or something. Who knows? Ground control to Major, Major Doug. Doug. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> in or glue things in where they oh. don't belong. And Doug, we lost wait, you. Wait, mate, Doug, mate. Doug, we lost Sorry. you for a few minutes again. Uh, like a minute. Sh- so you were you were saying how uh, you were narrowing things down and then you got cut off again. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's wow. horribly jank. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're basically um, the way that I pulled this off is I I found a lot of free plugins and uh, over 180 free plugins <laughs> with, with, with different functionality, including the tactical battle system. And it is it is kind of spaghetti code. It is kind of taped together, glued together um, because <laughs> my knowledge of coding isn't the best. I know enough to be dangerous so I can I can mix and match and <laughs> tape tape and glue things together and and edit things to make to get what I wow. want but if I could create it from scratch it would be a lot more efficient but I'm actually surprised it's as stable as it is um <laughs> but, but but um uh, yeah another and and um so and as for the the battle system here the normal battle system is pretty stable that's the tactical battle system that's always like on the edge of collapsing and so um i i, I uh <laughs> i'm constantly looking for ways to improve that and i think i can get there but i haven't found somebody yet that has been able to help me in that regard because it's a really chunky plug-in like thousands and thousands of lines of code and i think yeah. it's like we wow. all know how programming is and how janky things can get team fortress 2 is reliant on a single coconut jpeg if if it works it's good enough <laughs> yeah exactly I mean, yep, and it and it does work, uh, but it is delicate, and so um, that I have to balance extra stuff I'd like to do in the system versus oh, is this going to collapse this? Yeah, that can be part of the problem because again, if then if you want to fiddle with something, if you fiddle with something that's about to collapse, it will it will collapse. I will, I will, I will compliment you. I don't know if you have a smoke screen going or what, but I never thought for a second that this was fragile or fiddly. It played great. It's played so far great for me. Yeah. No. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's lots of testing that I do to make sure that it runs good or it runs stable enough. And um, it's some stuff you'll still see some stuff pop up sometimes, but. Um, yeah, I just did lots of testing to, to, to what if the player does this? What if the player does that? And then getting it to where it, it it is it is stable but it's not it's not like it's rock solid or anything I'm, <laughs> it's stable enough i guess that's how i would put it um, there's also some changes there's also some changes i had to make to the core rpg maker scripts that come with it like there's actual problems in those scripts where they do unnecessary math and stuff so just so like fixing those things has helped as well there used to be a big micro jitter problem but it turned out to be a a library file that can't comes with the engine that causes that jitter and fixing it that isn't actually used no it's it's garbage collection so there's like a garbage collection um piece of code and it says collect garbage um every 60 times you can collect garbage a maximum time of 60 times 100 uh, seconds. And it's like, why Why did you put in 60 times 100? You need to just put 6,000. And then, because it, it's doing unnecessary math every second. 60 times 1,000 every second instead of just a hard-coded number that's the same thing. And then the jitter went away. It's stupid stuff like that. I don't know. <laughs> I love programming. <laughs> oh, man. You know, um, I will admit that my 
my exposure to this type of RPG is is limited to when I by that I mean the like the top down 2D kind of thing, and uh, it, it only goes back as far as some of the early Pokemon games, uh, and so you know this is I guess why when I started to play this game I kept getting my butt handed to me you know and uh, when I finally start to get a handle on it and David says oh hey you know there's a difficulty switch uh, and I turn a corner and I realize now that it's a drone but you know and I turned a corner and it was like oh an outer space M1 Abrams how is this fair uh, but in I guess it's the JRPG kind of thing that's always I found it off-putting but you know in listening to you talk I start to think well maybe I've missed a lot of good stories by being kind of being put off by the whole GRPG. Well, I'm kind of put off by them too. For the, for like these days, I don't. You know, I kind of just feel like the style. The style is like if I try to play them, they're not very fun for me. Um, and and that's more in more recent years. Um, and I, you know, I and this is of course kind of has more of an old school feel to it. My game does, uh, and uh, I'm I'm just kind of making it for myself, like what I would like to play. Um, if I would, if you know, if I could wipe my memory and say here's a game here's a game of this type and it's made by somebody else would i enjoy it yes i, I would enjoy it um but um but yeah I, I think a lot of the you know and a lot of the japanese a lot of the um jrpgs they have a lot of like the same themes you see over and over again you got the heroes that saves the world and then um they're always they're always like a teenager and and you know, always, um, you know, just magic and wizards. And they and, become Jesus, yes, and they kill God. We know the drill. Yeah, 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 exactly. You so. always kill God, which is fun, <laughs> but it gets boring after a while. Like, you can kill God with a book. It's not that impressive. Nietzsche pulled it off. <laughs> you know, when you you talk about, you know, like making the kind of game that you'd like to play, you know, when I think about, well, you know, the kind of game I'd like to play when I was young, well, there weren't computers like this when I was young. And, uh, but still I'm wondering, you know, is in an era when they have most people are busy themselves about the, and about about the 3D kind of RPG. And I understand that, you know, old school is kind of a thing here. I'm wondering what attracted you in particular to this kind of old school kind of storytelling on 2D stuff. Um, well, you know, it comes back down to whether it was it, it was that when I was younger and I played these type of games, there were some really good stories to be told and um, they had a positive impact on me, you know, and it's the same thing as Star Trek, right? You know, you've got some really good, you've got some really good episodes that, that kind of pr provide hypothetical scenarios that you can then like see like a, like a moral of the story kind of thing. And it was just a good story. And th that's, that's what, that's what inspired me to want to do the same thing. Cause I wanted to tell a good story. And yeah, and, the uh, Star Trek, as we all know, is horribly inconsistent. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it can be. It, can it contradicts be. itself all the time. <laughs> well, so, but, this is a point of which I'm going to ask a question that I already know the answer to because I've asked it before the show started. And this is the point which Jacob probably says, Oh, I'm grown. And, Damn it! But uh, get out your bingo cards because Don't I'm, <laughs> I'm going to ask when it comes. I'm going to ask if it's going to come to Switch because you already told me the answer. Oh, oh yes, um, that's in the works. Uh, I'm working with um, a, a, a publisher that has that has done this before, has ported you know RPG Maker MV games to the Switch. I think they're called like Rata Ratatalia, Takia, some name like that games, and uh, they are going to port it to Nintendo Switch as well as um, consoles as well. So, um, yeah, that's in the works. I'm tr I'm trying as fast as I can on that one, but I, it's cut the speed at which that happens is out of my hands as far as because I'm not gonna go through the getting some kind of contract with Nintendo or, or publishing agreement with them and then trying to figure out how to, how to port this all myself. I'm like, uh, no, I think I'd rather somebody that's already done this before can maybe tr help with that. Uh, so yeah, but it's coming. Uh, that's uh, the thing. What made me think of that, especially in this case, is there are a few YouTube channels that I watch, and 
they kind of seem to specialize in this kind of RPG, you know, and it's like sale of the week. What's the greatest, latest little kind of game that's like this out there, you know? So that's one of the things that made me think of that as I started to play this. Hmm, interesting. One of it's called, what's the guy's name? Oh, Maple Syrup Gaming. That's it. He talks about this kind of game a lot. Yeah, I would say that that this is the type of game that you know I really liked when I was younger. Um, but I, I and I and I've played a few that I got really into, but like I'm just not into as many of them as I used to be. Um, I, I think it's just because of the stories, though. Like if I if there was a story that grabbed me, I'd still like this kind of game. It's a good it's a good type of game if you're trying to tell a story. But sometimes people, I I think a lot of these games have the gameplay of a JRPG. But they didn't. They they didn't actually like write a good story. So I have no interest in playing it. Right. So like that's kind of where I'm coming from as far as the genre that I've noticed. Right. So so you say you're not doing this for money. So you're not doing this. This is not your primary thing. Out of curiosity, what is your primary thing? Uh, two, two things. Um, so to pay my bills, I uh, do IT support for medical clinics remotely. So I, I am a small business owner. I also you know, fix people's like, you know, shitty computer problems and stuff like that. But, um, uh, t- typically the way it works is I get paid monthly to be 24 seven IT support. And then I support all their servers, uh, and their, um, their workstations and everything like that. As for what I do outside of that, um, I'm also chairman of Homes Now, Not Later. We manage two tiny home villages for people who are homeless in Bellingham. And um, oh, wow. it is, they, the, the villages are managed by the residents themselves. So we don't have any paid staff or anything like that. It's all volunteer. Um, and I, I do that as well. So, um, yeah, I keep, life, life, keeps me pretty busy. life keeps me pretty busy. But... But the game dev is just something I enjoy doing, right? It's fun for me. So <laughs> I keep doing it. <laughs> so Whoa, I'm actually impressed. Yeah. May I throw out another question here? Yeah, sure. So about uh, character growth in this game, I really like the way that they added this uh, knowledge point system. Um, I think I've seen something similar a long time ago or something like that. I like like to pick and choose, so cherry pick, as I would say. Uh, but I'm a little bit confused at times how much damage it's that skill is doing. Can we maybe get a tool tip for that in, the, in battle or something like that? Um, there, there should be in the in the actual descriptions of it, but the, the as far as visually showing that it's stacking and you can see how it stacks, yeah, I do think that that I that could definitely be improved. Uh, I, but the but but the um. There in the description of the skills, it does it does um, tell you that, but at the same time, it might not be fully, it might not be totally clear either. Like once you get that skill, um, what it's done versus where it used to be at and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, and and that's that's a matter of me being able to figure it out based on all these plugins I'm taping together. And so, so whenever I see an opportunity to improve uh, the the visual representation of what is actually even happening to the player? I do that every time, every chance I can. But uh, yeah, that's the only part that my it's a lack of technical skill at this point for why it's not all in there. But I, I, it is something I intend to improve on when I see it. I had a follow up question, but I forgot. So uh, okay. let me come back to that later. <laughs> it has flew over my head suddenly. That's weird. It happens. You're 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 a student, so I mean you're you're. Tired and you're tired and stressed all the time. So I mean, oh yeah, that too. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, you don't say. <laughs> so, uh, so no worries there. So we got the one game now. We got Starshift Origins. Next up is Rebellion. Where does that take Starship. us? In- Starshift Rebellion. Um, it takes place on a planet in the outer rim, where on the edge of the territory of. Of this, because the villains in this game are the ESA, the Earth Systems Alliance. They are a product of of um, messing with the timeline and stuff like that. Um, and so, the the next story takes place and tells the form formation of the Outer Rim Coalition. Who the Outer Rim Coalition is like a scattered group of basically people that have just been screwed over on the edge of space and, ah. and, and they, and they, they like come together to, 
basically become independent uh, from ESA uh, rule and Are still they very pejoratively called the Orcs. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Outer Rim Coalition, the Orc. Yeah, that's that is their abbreviation. Yeah, but uh, they tell it. So the story of that game takes place on a planet called Infernus Prime, and uh, you are part of a. Uh, well, the game starts off with you as three of these little like little t- little terrorists, basically little little rebel group that that you live. They live out in the kind of in the desert where they where. Nobody, uh, you know, really goes out there. They they have they these have little, a little terrorism as a treat. Yeah, so 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 they detect that there's you know ESA troops digging something digging somewhere in the middle of nowhere. So they go out to investigate. They find out that there's an android there, there that downloaded an ancient alien consciousness and it's and, and went crazy and killed the whole team. And you neutralize it. And then the story goes off from there with your where you are the android, but you have the main character is the android, but you have this alien consciousness in your brain, and you get and the, more of the story gets revealed, which which you know kind of unlocks a secret that gives the rebels a chance to basically stand on their own and get these guys off their back. And and again, there's crazy time travel shenanigans going on too, which is what why this even got so messed up in the first place. The story is kind of the story is kind of meant to be not a time travel story. Like you're not really primarily the time traveler, even though there is some of that in the story. It's meant to be more like a time travel conspiracy story. And you're you you you, 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 you a lot of people don't find out about the conspiracy because they're changed by it. Meaning, if a change happens to the universe, it changes them. Therefore, they didn't know that they were changed. So. Fancy. So, 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 the, so, Origins, for example, is the first crew of the Dauntless, which they come from the original timeline before it got messed up. So they're aware. For some reason, they were protected. So they're aware of what was changed. So that's why they're trying to change it back. Meanwhile, these rebels aren't aware of what's changed, but they become aware of how it's been changed and 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 who what the stakes are, and that causes them to act and 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 go on to feeling the urgency of the story to resolve it, you know, and, um, and, and, and in the main game legacy, you will be, um, you will, you know, one of the options is to join this outer rim coalition and you start to form like it's government and whether or not you'd use like democracy or whether you have a more authoritarian bend or whether you decided to let the prisoners go or whether you decided to kill the hostages, you know, that kind of, that kind of situation. And then at the end that will kind of affect the ending, um, in legacy where you have all these choices and stuff. I like what I'm hearing. Yeah, <laughs> sounds yeah. very unique. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going. That's what I'm going for. Yeah, I, mean, I can't just you can't just copy what everyone else has done. I mean, obviously, I'm taking inspiration from a lot of other things, but I'm also trying to do my own thing too, and not just like copy what I've seen before. I got it. It's a stay- unique, very high sci-fi. Very like, it's not exactly hard sci-fi in the slightest, but you're not making it as such. I do appreciate you stating that the time travel bullshit is not the main part of a story, but rather a bad thing that screws things over, because that saves you from having to do time travel in the story, which will make things very confusing. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, the, 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 a lot of the plot involves getting getting uh, a hold of what's called, you know, what's called a temporal shield unit, which which kind of like w- once you have a temporal shield unit, you're protected. So like when changes happen, you see the changes happen in front of you. You cannot be fiddled with. Yes. Crazy. Yeah. And, and and so it's more about stopping it from continuing rather than um, being the time traveler and making all these changes. Yeah. Yes. So And the villain is the one trying to make all the changes. And basically impossible to write good. Like. Yeah, because uh, the moment you put any thought into it, everything falls apart. <laughs> yeah, and I can and I can say it is like multiple layers of an onion, and it's getting more and more crazy to try to thread it together. But so the I think whole I'm, point is I, to undo all that because it's making things very confusing for everyone involved, and we just don't want to deal with that. <laughs> well, kind of like so. So, for example, one of so this the group from Origins, the main crew that survives. They become a group called the Order of Restoration. So that means they're trying to restore things back to the way they were. But the Outer Rim Coalition is different. They're not trying to restore things back the way they are. They're trying to keep things the way they are, but not 
prevent it, but to prevent any further damage from occurring. So like, you know, a so, new path, but we stopped what was going on. So it's not right, going to get so any that, worse. So there's a difference between unfiddling, unscrewing the timeline and keeping it exactly as screwed as it is right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then and those who are also trying to screw it up even more. So then, then there's that faction as well. <laughs> uh, can I ask, and then you talked a little bit about this, about what, you know, what your influence was. And you never know when you're going to ask this question because I had a friend that's a developer. And one point I asked him, I said, how does a marine biologist become a professional developer? And I said, so I thought, did you like wake up one day and say, hey, I can do better? Or uh, just you just say, wow, you know, I'm bored on a Sunday. Or, or in my case, someone said, hey, your first writing class is on Saturday. Uh, where did all this come from in your case? Um, for me, for me, it came from being inspired by stories and, and games and then wanting to reproduce that. It, it, but just my own my own angle. Right. Just and um, and also, too, as a side effect, um, the thing that I really like about game development is you learn so many skills at once that cross over into so many other areas at once. So like when you're learning the programming side, that crosses over to if someone wants you to do something with some boring accounting software or a GIS mapping application or any other like where software skills are needed, um, it transfers over to something like that. When I'm making fictional space nations and fictional organizations in my game when with all their company logos and flags you know that's useful for if somebody if somebody w wants something made i can make it uh, making the trailer for your game you learn about marketing you know you learn about how to transferable yeah. skills yeah they transfer over to anything else and so i learn a lot of stuff on accident just trying to make my game for fun right it's it's something i do kind of as a hobby for fun but then, but then um, I'm learning all these skills that transfer over in other areas, and that's always been the case. So that's why I kind of stuck with it. That's uh, uh, yeah. So, so that leads me uh, just to the uh, next question: uh, What were uh, your prime influences? Uh, I mean, in general, uh, not not uh, in, in 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 regard of the games or, or the uh, the universe, but in general, in in in, in that regard. Um, well, I mean, a lot of my <laughs> a lot of my influences actually came from, uh, you know, fiction, uh, like d really good stories. And I wanted to, you know, like Star Trek, like Sukaden, like the you know Final Fantasy, like Mass Effect, like, uh, you know, lots of movies, lots of shows. Like it, it was it was just, you know, I just wanted to tell a good story, too. That was my main inspiration. As for in life, um, I also try to be informed, um, meaning I I don't just look at any news source. I look at everything and I'm like, oh, okay, well, it, what's true, what's not? Maybe I can see why this group might think this or why this group might think that. And a lot of times, too, it's fuel for stories, too. You know, something you encounter in real life, you can turn into a story. And it's fun to turn it into a story because you can also, you know, over embellish it, too, to make it more fun. And um, so a lot of a lot of what I is a lot of what I do in telling a story, too, is just kind of a, some exaggeration of what I've seen in real life, too. You know, and just adding aliens and extra crap onto it, you know. So, but I mean, like the the idea that these are different worlds with their own like political system and and their own interests and stuff like that. That's that's play comes into play as well in, in that. So, yeah, I hope that answers the question on that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, you, you can definitely tell there's a lot of a lot of love pulled from other places here and that's not a bad thing you know i mean all the best stuff pulls from other things so it's fine <laughs> yeah yeah like all, all good art is based on previous art i mean you know i mean imagine trying to create i mean when people create stuff today you're actually you have a huge foundation of stories and ideas that have already been done before that you can expand on if you're if you had to start from scratch again and you had no knowledge of any stories that have ever been told it probably wouldn't be as good, you know, when you're trying to write your first story, you know what I'm saying? So. Exactly. But I try to do something unique too, because I don't want to just say, Oh, I'm going to, I replicated very well. What, what I've seen done before. No, I'm trying to do something a little different, but 
You know, easier said than done, but I'm trying. Well, I mean, just the fact that you've got a bird man and a cat man and a two-headed snake man alone <laughs> it makes us feel more interesting. Huge points for variety. <laughs> well, and partially, partially to that that's due to the you know because I I can do pixel art from scratch, but it takes a long time. So a lot of times when I'm doing when I'm making this stuff is kind of what I would call Photoshop chop shop, and so so there might be a lot of graphics out there of a cat, but but then I just cut the cat's head off and put it on a human body, and then you got a cat person. You know, like so there's some of it is that I have no problem having a cat person, but some of some of it is that where it was just easier for me to like, OK, I can take this, chop it off, put it here, do it like this and then provide that variety, but not have it be taking me like months to make one character or weeks or days to make one single character. So, you know, it's it, there's some efficiency there that you got to be able to get it done in a, in a reasonable amount of time. Excuse me. Well, I was going to say probably keeping it to top down 2D gives you a lot of freedom that you might not have if you're doing this in a, as a 3D project. It, yeah, if it was 3D, it would just take longer to do all of it. And again, I'm all for 3D doing 3D as well, but I'm just going to I'm just going to step up as needed until I get there. Because what, what, what I'm what my long term goal is or what I'm going to do after we make a few of these episodes is I'm going to. I'm going to make what I would call the Starshift 2.0 framework. And that is basically the, um, like, like probably will be in a different engine, more robust, probably 3D or 2.5D or something. And um, and will be a little more ambitious. And I might even do a Kickstarter and and actually hire people to, to do like the, the, the coding exactly like it, it needs to be done to, to make a the product viable. But what I'm, but I can get a lot of traction out of these, out of these, out of the code base I've generated from these episodes uh, uh, before I get there. But I'm, I'm actively trying to do that. And that's kind of my long-term thoughts. Just please call it something that isn't Starshift Framework 2.0. Because no, that no. is the most, that is the most like tech bro name I could think of. For no, you, no I, I'm talking about the project file and the code base. Cause, cause, cause the next one is going to be in a different engine. Right. So I basically will have to toss aside everything that I've done. That's works in RPG maker MV. Cause this is all RPG. Uh, maker. Yeah. 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 That, that's what I mean. It's not going to be called 2.0 framework. It's going to be called a name like the other ones. Like, some some kind of cool name that makes it sound interesting as a story to play. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I agree with you there. So wait, you said you've been working with RPG Maker for since the early 2000s. I didn't know RPG so Maker. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, since the illegally translated version by Don Miguel in in um, the yeah, RPG Earth. Maker is ancient, relatively speaking. Wow. Really? Yeah, and it's there's an RPG Maker ninety five, and what? I, I even messed with that a little bit. Yeah, it was on Windows ninety five and or ninety eight, and yeah, yep, yep, and yeah. Uh, and I also really? messed around with it on the PlayStation when I was younger, um, but. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's a really nice engine. You can do a lot with it if you're trying to tell an RP trying to tell a story that it's really easy to pick up if you don't know how to code or or whatever. But but it, it did teach me a lot about code because you have to, you still have to think like a co- like you're programming. You just don't have to worry about syntax or squiggly brackets. You you got those you got the buttons for the functions, but you also have code if you want to add if you want to do straight code for stuff that's not in the engine by default. Which I have a lot of that too. So. Um, the, it's it's a nice engine for beginners, really. But the and I think the the engine has a mostly has a bad reputation because it it um it's so easy to kind of pick up and make a game that most of the games you see are kind of like canned trash RPG maker games because somebody just kind of slaps something together with the default assets and goes, I made a game, and um yeah. and then that's that's the vast majority of shovelware that you see out there. Um, but it's not the engine's fault. It's just the, a, a consequence of it being easy enough that it, that a bunch of people have done that and kind of given it a bad reputation, so to speak. For you can't make a professional game. That's a consequence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of code, uh, which which language does does uh, RPG Maker use? JavaScript. It's basically based uh, off of. A, uh, it's basically, <laughs> oh shit. It's, it's basically based off of the the, the pixie.js um, framework for all the rendering and um, it's it's uh, the actual plugins are written in JavaScript and when you're actually playing the game it's actually running as a shell of a web browser using <laughs> nw.js and um, 
So it's all jank. It's all jank. Two thousand engine. It's all jank. jank. Two thousand engine. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh shit. <laughs> But hey, hey guys, um, I I would normally stay as long as you oh, guys. Oh, that's want right, to, you gotta go. I, yeah, I, no, I, you have, have, a thing. I have another pod. I have another podcast to get to in case no anyone is interested. Rarely typical players podcast. We review no. like RPG Maker games. So no, you gotta um, go. Thank do you your for thing. Me. Oh, thank you for no, coming. No, no. Yeah, we'll wrap up on yeah. our own. You you gotta go. Uh, I get uh, it. No, 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 no. Thank thank you. I really appreciate being here. And uh, if you guys want me again, let me know. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right take it easy for joining. all right thank yep, you bye. Uh, thank I, for- you. I forgot about that hard stop you guys i apologize um so yeah the game uh that you can currently get is called Starshift origin i think what i'm gonna do since apparently this first episode isn't very long we're, i'm just gonna play more of it tomorrow why not i mean if we can finish it in five to seven hours that's one more stream i think uh oh, it, it, wait a bit of a rush you know what you're doing you know the Right. I mean, but you still. Got, uh, yeah, you probably what? have, I would say, about two episodes of it to go. Why not? Uh, two streams. Yeah. After all that, I may actually have to reconsider my stance on top-down 2D games. I guess I'm missing out. Yeah, well, I mean, it depends. Like, it depends on the game, too, but I, I like a lot of 2D top-down, you know, games. Like... One of my favorite, I mean, Starfleet 2 is a 2D top-down game. Star, Starflight, one of my favorite games is a 2D top-down. I mean, it, dep- it depends on the game and the story they're telling. Um, well, my first exposure to top-down 2D came was on a trip to Japan, and I said to myself, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do for 12 hours? And I bought myself uh, one of these little Game Boy things. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, the, the the OG Game Boy, the original? Yeah, right. So it's like I loaded that up and said, okay, there you go. Yeah, Psychronic Cy- 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 in the chat still says that 2D still sells well. Yeah, I mean, 2D games are still very popular because you can do a lot with them. They're, they're, yeah. they, they don't break the bank. They, they, they give you a lot to use versus your imagination. I mean, there are a lot. I mean, I'm going to be yeah, honest. Computers like them because 2D is easy to draw. I'm going to be honest, like... For the Grand Theft Auto games, for example, the top down the top down two D version games are I like them a lot more than any of the three D ones, honestly. Um, That's a take. Yeah. There's a lot of them on Switch. Oh yeah, I was playing uh, Moonlighter yesterday on my Switch for the first time, which um, oh. which I was enjoying. Um, I've recently watched some people play this Octopath Traveler, you know, and it's like the whole HD thing like that. That's like kind of 2D, kind of HD. Wow, that's amazing. Well, um, speaking of 2D, are the game next week we're going to be talking about is also a top-down uh, 2D game. Uh, next week we're going to have, I know, two developers in a row. I know, right? Um, but next week we're going to be talking, what, what's it called? Delta V? Is that those, what those two symbols Delta are? V. Delta yeah. V. Delta um, V Rings of Saturn. Delta V Rings of Saturn is what we're going to be talking about next week on the show. and Because the game is finally leaving early access later this summer. And we couldn't be more excited. The developer is a great guy. He's made a really terrific game. Um, so we're very excited to have him on to talk about Delta V uh, next week. And I think tomorrow I might just play some more Starshift, uh, Starshift Origins. Why not? I, well, exactly. Why not? If we're that close, if we're close enough to finishing this origin story, why not? You know, because um, I really enjoy playing it. You know, so I think that's what we'll play tomorrow on the stream. Um, One quick note before we wrap. Yeah. Uh, if anyone who is uh, catching this uh, is looking at the chat, the uh, Delta V and a bunch of other games that were put together by devs on our Discord is in this bundle, the Independent Space Alliance. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. The Yeah, they a bunch of our developer friends got together and put together their own uh, their own bundle. It's a terrific bundle. Like you cannot go wrong with any game in that bundle. My God, that is a terrific, terrific bundle. Um, so yeah, I guess that'll do it for this episode. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us, everyone. Great chat today, as always. 
And uh, we'll see you back here tomorrow for more of this. I mean, why not? Uh, so have a great day, everyone. Thank you, as always, to our patrons. And thank you, as always, to everyone who's gotten vaccinated. We really appreciate that you've gotten vaccinated. If you haven't gotten vaccinated yet, please just stop listening to my voice and go get vaccinated right now. My God. <laughs> I shouldn't have to keep saying this, but I'm going to keep saying it until the pandemic is over. Uh, so have a good Which one, everyone. be a while at this rate. Oh, for God, I know, right? <laughs> I think the 1918 pandemic lasted didn't last as long as this, um, if I remember correctly. Five years. I talked to someone whose mother oh. had lived through it. Oh, five years? Okay, so... Yeah. So we're in the, what, the third year of it at this point? Oh, God. Well, okay. March 2020 was uh, a week uh, ago. ago. Oh, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's 15 yeah. years ago. <laughs> a week ago, yep. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're, now in, we're now in year six. Yeah. Uh, it's now April 2020 yeah. uh, for the <laughs> yeah, 80th exactly. time. Oh, there. And uh, no, uh, please get vaccinated. That's how we're all going to get through this. I, I, just please just go get that. It's not hard. It's not, it's not risky. Just go get vaccinated today. Uh, get your boosters, trust the science, please for the love of whatever deity you believe in. And with that, we'll see you back here tomorrow for more Starshift origins. Have a good one. Y'all bye-bye.